Hi, folks. This is Abel James, and thanks for listening to Fat Burning Man, where we talk about cool health and lifestyle hacks that can get you real results. So today we're here with George Bryant, and I'm coming back from a long hiatus. Uh, you may have heard on a couple of the other bonus shows I recorded before this, but Allison, my wife, and I, uh, back in, let's see, last June, uprooted ourselves on purpose and uh, sold our house, our cars, and pretty much everything else. And we've been traveling the world ever since, living out of briefcases, backpacks, and uh, occasionally an RV or a camper van. So it's been really cool. Uh, I've been able to finish up my book. I wrote a lot of it while we were in Bali, Fiji, Australia, and living in uh, state and national parks around North America. And it's just been pretty cool to write a book in the woods. And now it's even more fun to come back on the radar, uh, although we're going to Peru (laughs) this next week, which should be pretty fun. Uh, And then my book, The Wild Diet, comes out April 7th, so uh, less than a month away at this point, and I hope that you enjoy it and you check it out if you like this show. So I heard of this on another podcast that uh, where I was recently interviewed doing a review of the week, and I want you guys to know that I read all of the reviews that you, uh, that you leave on iTunes for this podcast, as well as a lot of the notes that I receive from fatburningman.com. There's an Ask Able section where you can, I get a lot of uh, topics for shows and guests and stuff like that. So I want you to know that I am definitely listening. And I figured I'd probably uh, get a kick out of reading a few of these reviews to you guys because uh, I really do appreciate getting them and I use it to figure out who to have on the show next, what to talk about, and all that sort of thing. So uh, this guy is happy all the time, exclamation point. Love these podcasts and look forward to more. I've probably listened to just about every single one. That would be crazy because I have like almost 150 at this point. Uh, He just seems like a guy that is 100% genuine, totally keeps it real on the show. I love when people admit to past mistakes or talk about learning things the hard way. It's totally relatable. Uh, now talking about the hard way and going through some rough stuff, my good friend, George Bryant is back on the show this week and, uh, he's been able to turn lemons into lemonade in so many different ways on so many different occasions. And I've been very uh, lucky to be able to work on some projects with him, like an app called caveman feast that took down angry birds and the food network and Martha Stewart and basically everyone else out there. Uh, and it's a paleo recipe app. We're going to be updating it soon. Uh, if you like paleo recipes, George's stuff, my stuff, definitely check it out. Uh, it's called caveman feast and it's available on Apple and Android. And also, uh, just want to plug my book. I've never really had a book like this before, and I'm really excited about it coming out. So we're giving away some really cool stuff, including, uh, an HD drone that, can record your outdoor adventures. We've already <laughs> recorded a lot of ours. It's super fun. Uh, also a GoPro and a bunch of cooking gear. So go to wilddietbook.com to check that out and sign up uh, and get a copy of The Wild Diet, my new book, which is basically like an awesome cookbook that's encapsulated by memoirs and stories that, that hopefully help us realize that the, the world of health is so much easier and more simple than most people make it out to be. So it's called the Wild Diet, wilddietbook.com. Please check it out. All right, so George Bryant is the New York Times bestselling author of The Paleo Kitchen and creator of the paleo food blog, Civilized Caveman. After spending the first 20-something years of his life in a constant battle with his weight and then nearly losing both of his legs while on deployment as a U.S. Marine, George took matters into his own hands and began his own paleo journey. What started as a simple place to post recipes for friends has since turned into an award-winning food blog. 
So on this show with George, we're going to be talking about the freedom in using paleo as a template and not as a dogmatic program. How to feed your dog raw. We get a lot of questions about this. George just got a dog, figured we'd talk about that. Uh, we both have a large dog, so feeding them uh, raw or paleo-ish can be definitely a challenge. Hopefully, you guys will like this. Uh, why cooking can change the way you see the world. And one handy little trick you can do every day to achieve more than you ever thought possible. All right, let's go hang out with George. Hey, everyone. We're here with my friend and the man behind one of the best names, named blogs in the paleosphere, Civilized Caveman, Mr. George Bryant. How are you, man? Good, man. I'm glad to be back. And I like the uh, the intro, the blah, 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 punk twisters. <laughs> we'll have to make a blooper reel or something like that. Oh, we could have our entire interview could be B-roll footage, though. So I don't know if people would find any differences between our normal interview and our B-roll. So we can just provide value in the middle of humor. I totally agree with that. But let's start with. So we were talking before the call. You just got a dog and uh, a big one. And we also yeah. have have had a big dog for a few years now. And uh, we both get a lot of questions about how to feed uh, not just our families, but also our pets in a way that uh, is aligned with what a pet should be eating, what an animal should be eating their natural diet. So uh, for 70 pound dog, that's not easy, but you've gotten into it. No. So tell people, uh, what are you doing? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I kind of dove right in. We um, So just to give everyone a backstory, we rescued a beautiful pit bull about four months ago, and she's my service dog for my PTSD. And of course, I can't have a service dog in the caveman community that's not paleo. She has right. to match my brand and my persona. <laughs> Mascot. Um, but when we, yeah, when we got her, she was eating all kibble from the from the rescue and it was grain free and it was great but we noticed that she was drinking i was telling abel before the show she was drinking a couple gallons of water every day like she was having to pee like every 30 minutes and everyone's like oh yeah your dog's hydrating and i'm like no my dog's trying to flush something out like something isn't right here mm -hmm. um so mm -hmm. it was like one of the inclinations we're like okay we got to switch it up so initially we switched to another um grain free kibble diet and it just didn't it didn't sit right for me. We did it for maybe two weeks and I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. Like I feel like I'm robbing my dog. And I'm like, I just need to put her on a raw diet. And yeah. we fed our Rottweilers as a child when I was a kid. We fed them raw. But I know oh, a lot really? of things have changed. So yeah, I knew a lot of things had changed. So I, I kind of wanted to get in. So I dove in, I researched a lot. Um, and I transitioned her to cold turkey. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, you have to mm -hmm. transition mm -hmm. them in. And, and, and the truth is, is that kibble uh, kibble by trade takes about 12, no, six hours to get processed out. And it's just because it's like this composted crap. Right. And then raw food, real food takes about 12 hours to get digested. So if you actually feed them at the same time, uh, it actually starts messing with their digestive system because things are getting processed at different rates. So um, the best thing to do for those people wondering, how do you transition? Um, you make your dog skip a meal. And then you present them with a raw option. And trust me, they'll get hungry and they'll eat it. Instincts yeah. eventually yeah. kick in. Um, a tip on that is chicken for dogs is actually like odorless. Like they don't smell chicken and associate it with like delicious food as they would pork or duck or steak. So chicken was actually the hardest for us. So huh. um, what I do is I mix in a little bit of homemade broth in every bowl. And that mm -hmm. way she's getting some liquid and some nutrients from bone broth. But uh, the flavor, I can play with flavors. I can put pork broth or beef broth in with the chicken. Yeah. And yeah. she absolutely devours it. So what we did 
Um, while transitioning her over, uh, I went kind of small prey. So a lot of chicken, a lot mm -hmm. of duck. And um, for everybody wondering, all raw, you feed them all the bones too. You just don't feed them heavy, heavy bones from like weight-bearing legs from like cows and pigs and things like that. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to like chickens, like you could throw a whole chicken in your backyard and your dog can eat the whole thing. Yeah. Um, cartilage is amazing for their dental health as well as their digestive system. Mm -hmm. uh, so mm -hmm. when you're transitioning, um, stick to raw for about four weeks. Uh, one protein, don't mix it up because your dog needs to get its body kind of going where it goes. So what we did is we stuck to chicken and poultry for four weeks. We got her used to it. We got her digesting it. We weren't really concerned about the ratios. We are now, but as the transition went, we're like, just eat raw, just eat the meat, eat the bones, eat everything. And once she was in, then we kind of got into the ratio. So now mm -hmm. I feed her um, about 60% muscle meat, which is, you know, like chicken breast or the thigh. Yeah. Um, we do yeah. about 20 to 30% of um, soft tissue bones and cartilage and then 10% of offal liver, heart, um, well, actually heart feeds as a muscle meat. So liver, brain, gizzards, and things along those lines. And we try to keep it balanced that way. And then, um, you know, some morning she'll have a pound and a half and then some night she'll have a pound and a half or some yeah. morning she'll have two and a half pounds and a half a pound at night. Mm -hmm. Um, we just try to keep her meals 12 hours apart and, uh, she's thriving. She's put on about three or four pounds. Her coat is like yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Like it, her, it, it looks like she bathes every day more mm -hmm. than I do. And we don't bathe her really right. at all. Um, but it's been absolutely amazing for more energy. Um, I actually have to force her to drink water now because I was telling Abel before as well, um, like 70% of the makeup of a chicken is water. So when you do transition your dog to a raw diet, you're going to notice them drinking a lot less water mm -hmm. and it's not to be of concern. They're getting all their hydration from the meats themselves. So, yeah. um, but then once really, once you're into it, um, it's actually kind of really fun for me because I'll be grocery shopping for us and I'm like, what do I want to feed Leilani today? Yeah. I'm like, okay, chicken feet, chicken hearts, liver. And like, normally we get her food a lot cheaper. Our average ends up being about 98 cents a pound for what really? I feed her. Huh. Yeah. And so we feed her, I feed her about two and a half pounds a, a day. So, you know, we're looking at about $85 a month to feed her. And when I was buying kibble, I was spending $140 a month right. on, you know, two 40 pound bags. Yeah. So it ends up being a lot cheaper. And especially for us paleo like buy in bulk we already have all the hookups and the right. deals and like our pig farm is like hey does she want some ears i'm like yeah and she's awesome. like you want some feet i'm like yeah you know and like <laughs> i'll throw a pig foot in the backyard and leilani's entertained for like four hours right. like it's like it's dinner time and a toy so uh it saves us a ton of money it's healthy it's right in a line to how we're eating. And mm -hmm. I do the same thing to her that I do to Lindsay and Cheyenne. I sneak coconut oil in. Mm -hmm. um, I'll mm -hmm. sneak some extra fats in. You know, she's spoiled. She'll get duck fat on top of some chicken. Oh, She'll yeah. get – she had duck breast for dinner last night and then um, <laughs> homemade ground pork this morning. So oh she gosh. she eats better than most. And then, um, you know, I just watch it. Her stools are – you know, one of my favorite things about raw – with a dog is it's actually like a perfect example of what we're trying to do as humans because right. when she was eating kibble, no pun intended, her crap stunk. Yeah. Like really stunk. Yeah. And now I can't even tell when she goes to the bathroom. It doesn't smell. It's completely odorless. It comes out. It's regular. It happens all the time. It disintegrates in the backyard before we can even find it. Mm -hmm. And it's like naturally working like it's supposed to. So it's a, it's really a true testament to, 
to feeding our bodies and our animals' bodies like ways that nourish them. So yeah, and it's so fascinating because you see um, even that good kibble like you talked about. Um, mm-hmm. You see these dogs, especially labs. Uh, <coughs> a lot of our friends have labs, and it's really easy. That's that's a breed where they can just get over overweight. They almost start overweight in a lot of cases. Totally. And, uh, it's it's amazing when you just do. You can switch for a week, and you can see all of a sudden like their musculature starts to come together and their their coat gets all shiny. Uh, we've done our best to feed uh, Bailey the whole time, like close to raw or at least like the majority yeah. raw or majority um, meaty bones and, and meats as opposed to kibble. But we, we use that grain-free kibble stuff um, as treats sometimes because it's like crack for those dogs. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they, they eat in a totally different way. They just woof it down. Um, but when you give a dog a chicken, it's a whole event. Like it takes, they might bury parts of it. They're getting a lot of exercise mm-hmm. from, uh, from chewing up all of those bones. It's, it's remarkable to just like see a chicken disappear in the backyard. And you're like, I remember the first time, uh, Bailey was just a little puppy and we gave her, um, a tiny little like drumstick and you always want to give dogs uncooked bones if you're going to give them the bones. Um, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Don't ever feed your dog <laughs> a cooked bone or you will kill it. Yeah. But uh yeah, it was it was almost immediate. She started like chewing through the bone and we we're like, "Can dogs do that?" Because we were this is totally new to us. And then she just like mowed through this whole drumstick with her tiny little puppy teeth and we were just like, "That is so freaking cool." And like, yeah. of course that makes sense. But you said that you feed uh your dog bones as well do you grind them up and turn it into a powder what do you do no no she gets whole whole bones so what i do is i just make sure the ratio is equal about what i'm doing so for 70 pounds for her to um maintain her body weight she needs about two and a half pounds of food a day okay so that works for her with her activity level so i've adjusted because when we got her she was about 63 pounds Mm -hmm. and now she's about 70 but when we got her you know we could see her ribs a little bit not much but she needed some weight so we found the happy median so um a lot of times her meals luckily i can quarter chickens in a way that like she gets a whole meal in one because if you do like bone in breast Mm -hmm. you get Mm -hmm. you know like 70 to 80 percent um protein like muscle meat but then you also have the cartilage that lines the breast and then you have the breastplate yeah and like the sternum and then the bones that are in there so i can throw that whole thing out there and she's fine um but yeah what i'll do is um i'll give her like if i'm just giving her breasts and there's no bone i'll supplement with some chicken wings Mm -hmm. um not so many drumsticks i love the wings and her favorite thing is chicken feet and they are so cheap yeah no one likes them my favorite thing like your favorite story is about how you watch bailey my favorite thing is when I sent Leilani to grandma's with all the raw food yeah. and she started eating a chicken foot in the kitchen in front of grandma. <laughs> and all you can hear is like every toe crunch, oh my God. you know, with like every bite. And I've gave like everybody nightmares from Leilani eating chicken feet. Um, so we just supplement. And, you know, what I love about it, too, with them and for us, like to think about from an evolutionary standpoint or a prey model, they call what they eat a raw prey model because yeah. uh, raw people grind up the food, but it's better for them to actually have to tear apart and use right. their brain and use their teeth and whatnot. Like cleans their teeth, too. And it totally cleans their teeth. Um, you have to be careful, though. And one thing when you ask, do I cut the bones or grind them? One thing to be careful of is getting meats that have already been butchered because a lot of times they use a bandsaw mm-hmm. and they cut through bones. 
which is not a natural cut for the bone. So that'll cause splintering, which can then put a hole in your dog's esophagus or their gut, mm -hmm. which is not good. So avoid that stuff. But um, what I love is that I have the parameters that I want to stick to, but just as beneficiary to her is us switching it up. Some days she'll get bone, some days she'll get numb, some yeah. days she'll get yeah. liver, some days she won't. And it's keeping it um, like a surprise, just like she would on a wild diet if she was, oh, the wild diet, look at that. <laughs> Wait for right me to pull Abel's book. Boom, boom. <laughs> um, if she was just out, you know, scavenging for her own food. So we just get really creative about it. And like I said, she's picky. Like yeah. she's totally my dog. She's like my princess. She mm -hmm. turns her head up at things she doesn't like. And I get to get creative. And like two days ago, I noticed she was a little constipated. Um, so all I did was I took some raw pumpkin and added pumpkin to her mm -hmm. food, a couple tablespoons, and all of a sudden she's regular again. So yeah. it's just watching the signs and seeing what works for her and what works for us and, um, you know, keeping her healthy. And then sometimes, you know, when I make her broth, like I make broth just for her, mm -hmm. I'll put mm -hmm. carrots and celery and stuff in there for flavor. Yeah. Um, and then what I'll do is actually, uh, we won't eat those vegetables. I take all the cooked meat off and then I I strain the broth for her, but I'll take the veggies and I'll make a mash of them. And like once a week, I'll supplement her food with right. those vegetables. And that way they're not going to waste and it, it's not harmful to her. It's actually beneficial. And yeah. dogs do better with cooked vegetables, especially right. like root vegetables because it helps them digest it. But, and it's just what works for her. She, it's like crack for her. Like I love that her treat is a cooked carrot. Like <laughs> yeah. you use, you use grain-free kibble when they Our dog loves Carrots too. Yeah, yeah she totally loves like, veggies. It smells like a cooked carrot that was in her broth. Yeah, it's like it's like crack. It's like catnip for a dog. She's <laughs> running circles around the yard, and I'm like, well, okay. Like, I need that's to get so my cool. daughter this excited about food. Like, that's right. where we need to be. Like, I need our kids dancing for carrots, not just our dogs. Yeah, and it's so. Uh, I I didn't know this until I started like researching um, the raw diet and the natural diet, the wild diet for pets for my book, but. Uh, like feeding dogs cooked vegetables and, and kind of fermented type fruits makes sense because they would be eating, you know, rotten apples that have been fermenting off the ground or rotten fruit. Or yeah. a lot of times after they got a kill, they would eat the contents of the stomach, which yeah. would give them um, kind of like pre-digested uh, nutrients that they wouldn't normally get otherwise. So it's, it's kind of a cool thing to recreate that in the modern world. One of our favorite things to do is like whenever we cook um, – bone broth we almost always use like those rich t bones that are full of tallow and, and the so marrow we, yeah oh, it's the best and and uh yeah that so it's like a tallow from the outside and then marrow from the inside combination so we have these multiple layers especially once you let it cool yeah and uh, we always have way too much of that like super good fat and just like a little spoonful of that every once in a while the the combination doesn't matter if it's tallow it, it all kind of combines together at some point, tallow, marrow, but it's all so nutrient dense and it's just, she goes crazy for that stuff. And I do too. I mean, like spread that on whatever you have. and oh. Totally. Every time we go out to eat, we always tend to get marrow, you and I. I remember our yeah. birthday dinner, we had those huge bones coming out. Dinosaur We're all sitting bones. there with like little hors d'oeuvre spoons, like <laughs> in this huge bone the size of our head on my birthday. It was great. Yeah. And she's, and she's the same thing too. And, um, you know, you can't really go wrong. Everybody just like – and I think one of the important pieces to bridge here and, and this is the relation between, you know, dogs and humans is that 
Uh, everybody's chemical makeup is different and so is the dogs. It's about really being attentive to what it's doing for their body, their energy levels, their hydration, their stools, the same things that I tell people that we, um, you know, consult, check your stool, check your energy levels. How's your sleep? How are you feeling? And you can adjust there. Your dog can't speak, but you know, their patterns and their actions, and you can literally supplement and keep them just as healthy as you just from paying a couple uh, attention to a couple close cues. So, um, it's really great and just don't go feeding your dog like kombucha so they get drunk or anything <laughs> right because yeah. you said you said fermented foods and what i pictured in my head is someone's gonna go give them a bottle of like bubbly sauerkraut or homemade kombucha right. and they're gonna have a drunk dog yeah and you know like as amusing as that may sound i feel like it's animal abuse and we yeah. don't want to do that so totally. <laughs> well let's uh let's shift gears here george because i know you're talking about something pretty cool at uh the next paleo conference, Paleo FX, was at, that's actually where we met for the yep. first time. Dave Asprey was there at the very beginning. We were all nobodies, and uh, <laughs> it's it's so cool to go back and see how much everything's grown. But uh, what are you talking about there, and and why is it important? Yeah, it's a good reminiscing thought. It was like, that was what three years ago, right? Yeah. Oh, oh, we've grown up and become adults, Abel. Kinda. We are we are now responsible <laughs> adults, kind of. I don't uh, know about that. Yeah, me neither. I make that up to justify my insecurities in my own head. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, what's really important for me is, uh, you know, I've been on Able Show. I think this is the fifth time. You know, yeah. we talk we talk a lot about everywhere I've been, my journey with my weight loss, my bulimia, things along those lines. And and one of the pieces that I've haven't really talked about, but it's been a true lifesaver for me, has been the mindset around food and health and and I remember some of our episodes you're like how do you do it like how do you go from being a marine to cooking for a living and yeah. you know my answer was always very in the doingness of it it was very like well I did this I did this I did this mm-hmm. I did this and I did this and Tactical. none of it was yeah none of it was in the beingness of it like I'm a human being mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I changed the way that I think about and relate to my circumstances to allow my potential for growth is yeah. the easiest way to put it so we're going to bridge that gap. So at Paleo Effects, what I'm talking about is how you can use how you can use food to overcome limiting beliefs everywhere in your life. And it's really interesting. And I tell people this and they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, that's the reaction that I wanted you to give me. It's actually yeah. perfect. And, and here's a perfect example. Like, here we go. We wake up in the morning. We are creatures of habit. As much as none of us like to admit it, even if you think you don't have habits. Right. You have a habit of not having habits. Like there's <laughs> there's something that goes on every day. And, and food is something that we do throughout the day. We have to do it for fuel. Like our bodies need it to run. So we eat, we drink, we have coffee, we have tea, we whatever it is. Mm-hmm. What I find interesting is that one of the things that we don't do is we don't focus on how important food is for nourishing our body. It provides life. It provides sustenance. And it's like the most important thing for us. And we treat it. Like it's this everyday thing, like it's disposable, like I don't have to eat, but I should, but I can't, or I will, or I won't. And it's all this stuff around it. Mm -hmm. And um, I invite you to look at that. How you relate to food is actually how you relate to everything in your life. And you may not realize it, but when we are looking at our life and our paradigm and the way that we see the world, it's not compartmentalized. We think that we're one way at work and one way at home. Sure. But the truth is, if we were watching a movie of our lives, we are the same exact way at work as we are at home. (laughs) Our brain is just justifying it differently, so we think that it's different. Right. So that's where food turns magical, because you have the ability to practice a new relationship pattern three times a day. Mm -hmm. 
And it's really, really simple. And the reason I see this is because we have all the time, we see it in our practice or what we do, people like, I'm going to do a whole 30, they make it to week two. I'm going to do a 21-day yeah. sugar detox, they make it to day seven. And it wasn't that they started these detoxes or whole 30s for them. It was started out of a place of like resentment and insecurity. Mm. And all it was like, I can picture it in my head. They're like, okay, day six, a whole 30. I don't want to do this. This sucks. I'm eating this. I don't like it. I don't want to do this. And like they're mm -hmm. training mm -hmm. themselves to not finish it and not complete it. Yeah. And, uh, and not like it. And not like not it. Not like yeah. food. Totally. It's and it's all how we condition ourselves. You know, the power of our language aligns our subconscious intentions to create mm -hmm. what we talk about. Yeah. So what it provides us the opportunity for is to look at something, whether it's food, like let's use water, for example. I drink a lot of coffee, like, hello, coffee. <laughs> um, and there's water and coffee, but it's not a substitute for pure sure. H2O. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things that I like to focus on is drinking more water throughout the day. So the opportunity for me, it's like I wake up in the morning like, oh, I'm going to drink more water today. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be healthy. I'm going to drink more water today. Something always comes up. I'll be throughout the day. Oh, it's fine. I'll just have another cup of coffee. I'll drink water later. Or, mm -hmm. oh, I'll drink water later before I go to the gym. Or, right. oh, I'll have it here. And I never drink water. And everyone's like, well, it's fine. It's just water. But the difference is, is that I do the same thing in my business and my relationship. Oh, honey, I'll get to it later. Yeah. Oh, honey, I'll do it soon. Oh, honey, I'll do it later. And I forget about that, just like I forget about doing the email for work or picking up the phone and calling someone back. Mm -hmm. And I realize mm -hmm. that I have a pattern around not following through with my word because the simplest of tasks, drinking water, yeah. isn't important enough for me to complete. So that's where opportunity is. You make yeah. a commitment. And you make a small commitment. And I know like we talk about this all the time, some of our late night intoxicated conversations in the past. I don't know what you're talking about. We get into some crazy mindset stuff. But like really what it comes down to, it's if you can keep your word to yourself, you can keep your word everywhere to mm -hmm. everybody and every place in life. Yes. And it will set you up to win. And focusing in, not focusing out, because really uh, on a quantum physics level, there's nothing outside of you. Like that's mm -hmm. a whole different podcast that you may want to drink to talk about. But sure. there's nothing outside of you. Like everything is here internally contained. Everything you're seeing may be a reality. You may not even exist. Who knows? But focusing it's all a inward. hologram anyway. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like Minority Report and all these other things. But but focusing inward allows you the ability to be in control, you know, false control, but but to be able to choose and empower yourself to create something different. So it's as simple as I need to drink more water today. So in this moment, instead of talking about it, I'm going to choose to go get a glass of water. And I'm going to mm -hmm. have a sip. Yeah. That sip is different than the sip I took yesterday because I didn't take one. And then what I do is I celebrate that sip. It's not like, oh, I only had one and I need 10 more. It's like, wow, that's great. I took a sip. I acknowledge myself. Yeah. I build my self-esteem, my forward momentum, and I keep rolling forward. And here's where the truth is. After seven days, if I continue to take a sip every 10 minutes, I've created a new pattern and habit. And you may think it's just about water, but you may also be getting out of bed 10 minutes earlier every day and not realize it and it's following momentum. through with your word in your relationship mm -hmm. and with your significant other and with your boss and with your email and with your workouts and everything else. And you're going to be like, wow, I didn't know that drinking water could have me be in a more successful marriage and get better results in the gym. And it's got <laughs> – totally. Nothing to do with drinking water. It's got everything to do with how you relate to drinking water and what you choose to do and then what you choose or what we choose to, to make more important than our word. Yeah. And so I think there's just a big disconnect. And I saw it in myself. I had tons of holes in my game. Everything from my insecurities to my bulimia to my relationship to everything. 
tons of room for improvement and I mm-hmm. operated from a guilt and a shame place like I have to fix this because I'm such a bad person and I did all these wrong things and I got to make it better and the truth yeah. is, is that the acceptance of it and the power comes from accepting it and then choosing something different so using food you can create anything because like let's say food is your workout every morning I'm going to commit to eating and I would never do this a salad for lunch every day yeah and <laughs> For seven days, you eat a salad for lunch every day. That salad could also be completely congruent with your working out every day mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it just triggers something in you and that healthy mindset to move forward. And you're keeping your word. You're making yourself a priority. And when you can keep your word to yourself, mm-hmm. you can keep your word to everybody else because everything flows. So uh, in a nutshell, I just gave a Palo FX speech on your <laughs> podcast. <laughs> One thing that kind of goes along with that that I heard about recently um... – I think it's kind of a cool concept. It's called the 60 second rule where mm-hmm. basically if there's anything that takes you less than 60 seconds, do it right now. You know, so whether it's an email or uh, responding to a text, something technological, or if it's something where it's just like you're a little bit, everyone's a little bit messier than they'd like to be, I think. And you're sur- what that is, is you're surrounded by all these open loops, right? So if you see this, you know, this is sitting right here with the cap off and it's like, an empty bottle or something like that. And then you have a bunch of other random things like that around the house. I found it was so interesting when I started working out this way at home that like sometimes I'd work out for like 40 minutes and that would be my most productive time of the day because everything like I'd have two to five minutes of rest in between sets. And so I just go and like jam out all these emails and then I'd go and like make a quick phone call and then I'd go clean something up and take out the trash. And uh, it was just like the best thing ever. So if you, if you find that you do have something like five minutes a day or something like that, or even throughout your day, if there's something that you see that'll take you less than 60 seconds, do it right then. And it's, it's amazing that the momentum, like you say, taking a, a sip of water, you let it be your like that thing that's, that's the buoyancy that's getting you back up to the next level and making you feel good about yeah. yourself, making you feel good about your habits. It's really a, a self-reinforcing thing. Yeah, and it's like every amazing quote that we read, like you don't ever get to the top of the mountain by jumping. You have to take a step every way to get there. Like yeah. we we tend to think, and I'm just as guilty as this, and even in our business together and what we do together, I tend to always like, okay, how do I get to the end? And it's like, you know, I tell people now the beauty is in the messy details. Like that's mm-hmm. where life happens. Like messy is beautiful and that's where like the important stuff happens and those details are what matter because those build the culmination to the end and like that sip of water or that one phone call or closing that 60 second loop, those are the patterns that you're now recreating Mm -hmm. as neural pathways in your brain to think about when you're up against anything else and you have the confidence and self-esteem and your belief about yourself is now, I can handle all of this in 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. I can take that sip of water. I can run that mile. I can get the kids to soccer, get the homework done, get dinner yeah. made, pick up the dry clean and get the emails responded to, go to bed and do it again tomorrow. But you, know, you, like, can't, you can't do that though if you have 22 tabs open in Chrome nope. or whatever, right? You got to like, <laughs> nope. you got to quit your windows. You got to reset the router. You got to start all over every day. I think you got to do that. Totally, totally. Yeah. And it's, it's a really valid point too. And especially for us, like, you know, speaking for myself, we work in the digital age. I blog for a living. You know, you have a podcast. We write books. We have an app. We do all these things. Like, we have every reason to be glued to this thing. Yeah. And uh, it's crazy to think about that the healthiest way to be glued to it is to unglue from it. <laughs> right. 
Yeah. Like the most the the most productive way to be and the most successful way to be is to be disconnected from it and to choose to use it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's that recognizing the difference between a have to and a get to. And yeah. we get to do things. And and I invite you that if you feel like you're going through life and there's have to's that you get to take a look at and cut the fluff because life is about enjoyment and happiness and you get to. And when you get to, that's where the power comes in choice. And when you can choose, you can choose anything that you want. You can choose to create yourself to be the next Richard Branson or Oprah, or you can choose to sit on the couch and eat Cheetos. Like it's really up to you. Mm-hmm. And, and as they have long whole as grains they're... in them now. Totally. There we go. <laughs> they're they're probably gluten free too. And uh but when you choose, that's where the power comes from. And yeah. and it's not a oh, look at that slob on the couch. It's like, no, I choose to be the slob on the couch or I choose to be something else, but it puts you in a in a responsible mindset. Mm-hmm. And then when you're in that responsible mindset, you're responsible for everything that you're creating around you, your relationships, your friendships, your work. And when you're in that place and you're always in inquiry like, wow, that woman or that guy was really mean to me. And then I'm like, how was I being that mm-hmm. actually allowed them to talk to me that way? Yeah. Like what was missing from me energetically? What was missing from me and how I show up and it's like, well, maybe I could have been more passionate or maybe I could have been more empathetic. And it's not from a right or wrong place. It's just from a like this open inquiry. It's like from the two-year-old mindset. Like when you're running around as a two-year-old or a three-year-old, you'll see two kids and one of them will run up and punch the other one in the face and they'll cry. <laughs> but then two minutes later, they're hugging and they're yeah. best friends again. Right. Like they're not holding on to any preconceptions of one another. A moment happened they acknowledge the moment and then they moved past the moment. Mm-hmm. And then it's like it never existed again. They're like, Zen great, new children. moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, new moment. Okay. Let's be best friends. Like, punch you in the face. I love you. Hugs, yeah. you know, like, and some adults do that, but it's not as safe. Sure. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> but I think, I think it's a really, really powerful place to be. And, yeah. you know, in, in all authenticity and transparency, it's not easy. I cry every other day. You know, I get frustrated. I get tired. Um, but it's in those moments, those are the moments that when you're tired and when you're frustrated and when you're upset that you choose something different, you know, because um, our belief system about the world is never going to change. Our yeah. paradigm was formed as a child. Your paradigm doesn't change. You can make it bigger. But like I said, the power comes in recognizing your patterns because when you can recognize your pattern, you can choose something new. Yeah. You know, like my pattern in the past was to go straight egotistical and defensive. So mm-hmm. if Abel's like, you suck. I would have been like, no, I don't because of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. And now I'm like, oh, that's interesting. He thinks I suck. Uh, yeah. I wonder how he's feeling about himself to right. tell me that now. You yeah. know, and it's like, and it, I laugh about it and I joke about it, but that that insecurity ran my life for 25 years. Right. You know, and it's we're in charge and we're in control. So my talk is so much deeper than food, but. You know, the piece that I didn't hit on, and, and this is actually my favorite piece, mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. mentioned it briefly about the power of our word and the power of intention. Like how many times, and for the women listening, this is probably going to resonate more, have you been around your girl or girlfriends and all you guys are all talking about, babe, and they're like, we are not getting pregnant, we are not having a kid, we are not ready, and then three weeks later, boom, pregnant. <laughs> it happens all the time. Yeah. And here's the truth. The universe doesn't hear not. All the universe hears is I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant, I'm pregnant. (laughs) And what that does for you though, when you speak, your brain doesn't hear not either because it's not a powerful language. Your subconscious then aligns yourself to create the results that you're talking about. Don't think about the white polar bear. Totally, because (laughs) one's going to knock on your door in a minute, right? (laughs) Right. 
But but it happens, and it's happened all the like I'm sure you can think of it. You know, like I'm gonna ride my bike, and I remember that bike accident. I'm never gonna get in a bike accident. I'm never gonna get in a bike oh, accident. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> and then I have boom. scars to prove that that happens. <laughs> bike accident. Yeah. But then when we go through life, and it's like I'm gonna have a safe ride. I'm gonna be great. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, that gets created because we're focusing on what we want to create, not focusing on what we don't want. And that's the power of our brain, you yeah. know. And it's like. It's just it's just amazing to me because when you can recognize that power, you can harness it and use it for good. You can use it for good in your life and good yeah. in your relationships and good in your work. And it's like, you know, if you really don't want to be pregnant, just don't talk about it. <laughs> like, just don't talk about it. All right. So you we're know, coming like, up on time, George. What is one thing that people can can work on or maybe you worked on that can totally change, you know, your your future? Totally. That's great. Uh, And I'm actually going to use what you said. One thing that you can work on, one thing that you can do, one thing that you can change right now is to close a loop. I love Mm -hmm. how Abel said that. But in this moment today, right now, pick something, one thing, one thing that you've wanted to get done that you haven't got done. Close Chrome. (laughs) Yeah, close Chrome. But just take one step forward towards closing Chrome or that one tab Mm -hmm. and just start a pattern of moving forward and move towards what you fear most rather than leaving it out there just sitting. So just yeah, take a step yeah. forward and, uh, you know, you'll be surprised at how amazing it gets. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So George, where can people find you? Mm. That's important, huh? Yeah. I think people <laughs> need to know where, if you want to Google me, I would greatly appreciate it. No, um, my website is civilizedcavemancooking.com. And then my book, uh, out on trails next to Abel's is called the paleo kitchen. Um, and it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's we beautiful. did. We did pretty good. I'm I'm proud of that. I still seat belted in the car, you know, just for safety purposes when I travel with it. Of course. Yeah. Um, but no, I absolutely love the book. Um, people love it. You know, I have 400 free recipes on my website, but I would recommend page 95 of the Paleo Kitchen. It is the pancakes, subtropical mm. chips, and they will change your life. But uh, <laughs> yeah, civilized caveman George Bryan anywhere. Give me a tweet, Instagram holler, give me a high five. I'm linked on Abel's website everywhere. So. George, it's always a pleasure. I love catching up with you, and we don't do it enough. So I look forward to seeing you in just uh, a few weeks. And anyone who is out there, we're going to be, uh, I'm sure, doing some late-night intoxication or whatever. So uh, we look forward to seeing you guys, too. (laughs) We'll make sure we record those. So thanks for having me, and thanks for listening. Thanks, man. All right, bye.